Okay, so we were just talking about how in the black metal scene, there's a lot of mental illness, but a lot it's not cool to talk about it. And I was about to say that the only acceptable way I feel like you can talk about it is through the music, is through your art, like with uh, DSBM, for example, which is my favorite sub-sub-sub-genre. I don't know about you, but um, like that shit fucking cuts me deep. Why do you think, why do you think people are so like embarrassed to talk about it? Because uh, it's not macho. It's not tough. Uh, it's like a lot of people get into harsher forms of music as armor. Um, I know that I like with how I have progressed as a musician and how I just like how I, I arm myself with my guitar. I arm myself with my like whatever accomplishments it is. It's because I am like, it's a defense mechanism to be accomplished. It's a defense mechanism to like want to, uh, just like want to create stuff in a way like normal people are just chilling they don't give a fuck about putting out an album or like they're not going to kill themselves to like learn how to do a skill like they're just chilling having kids doing whatever like I think that you almost like have to be fucked up or you have to like just to want to torture yourself like that Because it's torture, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Any learning a new skill, especially like uh, I think I had mentioned to you that this has been exceptionally challenging for me because one, I'm not used to talking to people and two, not used to having deep conversations with a lot of people at all. So this is kind of like my opportunity that I've created for myself to be able to do that. So I'm like really, really excited to talk to you because I don't know how many people on your friends list are aware that you're uh, you have a degree in psychology, correct? What is it that you want to do with that exactly? Um, well, it depends. Uh, like I originally was somewhat interested in doing counseling. I did work at a like mental health distress hotline for a year. Mm-hmm. And I am like, I'm not horrible at it. Like I, I, I enjoy the work in a way, but it is just so draining because uh, you know like I have my own problems and the people around me have their own problems yeah and so it's like when I'm like I people know that I have that kind of background so you know if my buddy's having a mental breakdown like I sometimes I'm the one that they call so when I you know working doing music doing all this stuff and then like being that support person for some people and then also having to like be a support person for like, you know, whatever horrible thing you can imagine that like you're talking to people on their worst day of their lives. Like they're, you know, going to kill themselves or like someone, they just realized like, you know, their spouse is probably going to kill them or, you know, you name it. Right. So it's uh, pretty intense work. And I just don't think I'm like proper. I'm too excitable. Like I'm too reactive. I get, it makes me good at it, but it also makes me burnt out from it extremely quickly. Like I just, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I would just like cry all the time there. <laughs> well, shit, I probably would too. I mean, I can't blame you. I feel like um, that's a really good position for somebody that has extreme amounts of empathy, but also it's like a double-edged sword because it, it can really hurt you too in the process. You know what I mean? Like, unfortunately, sometimes helping people hurts you and it's kind of, like you have to find this balance in between where it's beneficial to bo- to both parties. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. cool that you that you were doing that and have you know decided to pursue this type of career. Like I've considered doing something like that myself, even just for the show. I want to like look into more psychology um, studies. Is there anything that you can like recommend that I look into? Uh, it depends. Yeah. Like it's such, a, it's such a huge field that I would say. Um, like it really depends on what you're interested in. So it's like my primary interest is in neuroplasticity. Like I'm, I've always just been very interested in both like, uh, like I'm very interested in performance, but it's like from, uh, it's from that same like drive to achieve. And Mm -hmm. so it's selfish, but it's also helpful for other people. So like, I'm very interested in how say like, uh, the intersection between, like almost like a cult and like herbal practice meets with like neuroscience. So for example, I'm very enthusiastic about lion's mane. It's a mushroom. Mm -hmm. It it is insane what it does to uh, encourage neuronal growth. And as Mm -hmm. someone who has experienced, you know, uh, what do they call it? It's just like basically like trauma during your childhood, it yeah. damaged your brain. And yeah. uh, my primary trauma was um, being exposed to like hard drugs at a very young age, because that's what my family did. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was, I lived in a small town and it was like, oh, uh, you know, like my family, like a cousin of mine was like the only musician there. So it's like, it was almost like being like a sort of like trash royalty in a way. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, oh, you're so special. You're so talented. Like we're, we party like rock stars, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, but I'm 14. Yeah. <laughs> it's like not okay. Right. So uh, very severely damaged my brain as a, as a young adolescent person. Yeah, of course. Uh, Especially and, since your brain was like still developing, you're, you're not even fully grown yet. Yeah. Did you struggle with, uh, with addiction for a while personally? Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily like addiction, like, uh, definitely a substance user, but, um, not, not like to the point of like, uh, physical dependence. Mm-hmm. Right? That's good. Uh, but definitely psychologically, like when I quit doing hard drugs, period, I quit for a year and then I ended up going on antidepressants and it was the best decision I ever made because I didn't realize I was self-medicating until I stopped medicating. And I was like, oh shit, there is like some fucking horrifying stuff that's under here that I've been conveniently covering up, right? Right. <laughs> so um, it made me kind of realize the motivation for it when it was gone. And okay. So I quit hard drugs for a year and then I was at a rehearsal and there was Coke and there, I was like, fuck it, let's do some Coke. And I was like, Oh, I feel normal again. (laughs) I feel happy. I feel like I actually want to like talk to my friends. It's like, that's like that, that night I told my boyfriend, like, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm going to go to the doctor and I'm going to get on some, uh, get on some drugs. Cause like, and yeah, it was the best decision I ever made. Um, you know, I spent a long time being very like, uh, like I've always been very like spiritual. I wouldn't say like quite hippie-ish, but like definitely on like the more, more spiritual, more like focus on natural methods for stuff. So I was like, mm-hmm. it's like to take prescription medication every day. That's bullshit. That's, you know, mental control. And it's like, no. <laughs> It's like you're, you're, you're doing fucking MDMA from some jackass 
like whose only motivation is to make money off of you. Or you could try this medication that like all the smartest people in all the universities whose primary goal is to make people healthy. You could try what they have, have put together. Right. It's not like there are some big evil like entity, like the States is fucked. Don't even get me started on your guys's like, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But but it's like, look at who's it's like, do you want something that's created by people who are trying to help you or some drug dealer who just wants you to buy their shit? Well, I'm really conflicted about that because, um, personally I haven't tried, um, SSRIs or anything like that. Oh, I wouldn't say SSRI, SSRI fuck that like I was I took is that different from an antidepressant because I thought they were one and the same I could be wrong no like the SSRIs are a class of antidepressants uh-huh. same with tricyclics um there's like the one that I did was Wellbutrin which is an SNRI okay so it, it works on the brain differently if you are interested in trying an antidepressant anti-anxiety whatever research the shit out of it and oh, then sure. go to your doctor yeah. and say I want to try this one luckily right. like my doctor knows I'm a nerd so I'm like, you know, like I talked to her about having depression and I was like, you know, I think I want to try something. And I talked to her about it a little bit and she's like, well, you know, research and come back and tell me like Mm -hmm. what you want to try. So I did. And I felt better like in the next first week, like it was, you know, I took it for two years. I'm off of Mm -hmm. it now, but it was the best decision I ever made. I went back to school. I was able to work out. I was able like at the worst part of my depression, it's like, Oh, just go out into the forest. And like, that'll be your antidepressant. It's like, yeah, but what if you can't get out of bed? Yeah. And like, you know, it's, it's good. If your if your leg is fucking broken, walking on it, isn't going to make it better. Like walking on it can be part of the rehab once the fucking bone is healed. Right. 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 If you just got to like go run on it, it's not going to make your fucking leg heal. So you know, I used it as a crutch. It was a crutch. I didn't want to stay on it forever. I didn't. Mm-hmm. It kept me from killing myself. It got me back to school. I fucking took care of myself. And it made it, it also just made me realize how big of an effect your mental health has on everyone around you. Because oh, yeah. instead of just being a fucking drain on people, I am lit up. I'm helping. I'm like, you know, organizing stuff for my friends and family. I'm like, it just, it, it, every single person you meet will benefit from you feeling better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Your energy directly affects the energy of everybody that you come into contact. And it ripples outwards in ways Mm -hmm. that you do not realize when you are, when you are, because like you're in survival mode, when you're severely depressed, severely anxious, You can't give a fuck about what other people are doing. You just literally can't. Like you're, mm-hmm. you need to just focus on you just to survive. Right, and, right. You know, it doesn't mean that like every day is magical and whatever. And like some people, like they worry like, oh, if I take this pill, like I won't be able to feel normal emotions. It's like, maybe if you're on the wrong one or if you're on too high of a dose or yeah, like SSRIs, I'd be very fucking careful about taking SSRIs, but some of the newer ones don't have those side effects. And again, everyone's different, different stuff works for different people. Like for me, I know it's like dopamine, norepinephrine, whatever, because, you know, exposed to crack and hard drugs, that's the part of my brain I know is damaged. Right. right? So maybe if someone like, you know, has a family history of whatever, 
a different one might be better for them or whatever. Right. Right. That's important to do your own research because you're going to research more thoroughly than a doctor will in there. Like, like about yourself personally, and they're going to know about the drugs themselves. Again, you guys are like, you're in the States. I, I got so much beef with your guys's. We are fucked. We fucking are fucked. Healthcare. Like I'm Canadian. So like, it's all good for yeah. me. Like I can just go talk to her. And, like, well, it sounds <laughs> like people actually care about you over there. Whereas over here, I was going to mention a little earlier. Um, I've been very hesitant about trying to try any pharmaceutical drugs because big pharma is like a huge fucking industry back over here. And everybody knows that like right away, they're going to try to throw you on some shit. They really don't try to get into the underlying cause of your mental illness. You know what it's right away. They're just trying to, um, sign you a prescription and half the time that shit just makes you feel even worse. You know what I mean? I think that that really, a big part of it is having a good relationship with the specific doctor. Cause like I've had bad doctors and I have an amazing one right now who's like, you know, she's very human. She looks at me when she talks. Like if I crack a joke, she laughs. Like she's very, she's amazing. She's like mm-hmm. one of the best doctors. Cause d- trust me, I've had shitty doctors try to push drugs on me and stuff. And like, I'm lucky that I have the background that I have that I don't really get pushed around super easily. Yeah. But like, yeah, I just don't know with the way that stuff, it's so expensive for you guys. So like for me, it really is. like so I, I can go to a doctor if I don't like them, I go to a different doctor. Like I just find a new doctor. And like, I think that's a big misconception. It's like, oh, you have socialized medicine. Like the government picks your doctor. That's not how it is at all. <laughs> like I pick my doctor. I can change doctor every yeah. week if I wanted to. Right. Like, mm-hmm. um, but uh, Shit, I'm about to roll up to Canada. Shit. <laughs> You got you guys got to sort that shit out. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> not so okay. It's, it really yeah, is. Well, that's that's good though. I'm glad that you were able to get um, the help that you needed. Yeah, and uh, it it took a lot. Again, like it took me like I remember the the worst day of my depression wasn't even when I tried to kill myself. It was my boyfriend was leaving for work and I was fucking just crying and I couldn't stop crying and he left and uh the tv was on and it was on something fucking stupid and I did not have the energy to change the channel or turn it off I just couldn't even turn off my tv and I was like that and yeah and then I did coke and I was like oh I'm fucking normal and I like people again and I was like okay like, <laughs> yeah no I totally get it change is necessary <laughs> yeah I, I feel like um like mental illness should really be treated like like a, a broken leg or a fucking broken arm or leukemia or something you know whenever somebody is physically ill they get a certain amount of sympathy and understanding yeah. and just with fucking mental illness it's so utterly debilitating just like you're mentioning right now you can't even change the fucking channel sometimes it's hard for me to just function and go to work or I feel like I'm gonna have a fucking sometimes I'm just in the uh like I'll just be like I was in the parking lot at work just fucking crying my eyes out that I had to go to work you know like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that and was the first time I called a suicide hotline it's just like I just can't go to work <laughs> I haven't tried that you know? yet Maybe it's like what happened it's like nothing happened I'm just fucking depressed like yeah it's like know? why are you depressed because depression like yeah exactly. you know, that's the weird thing about it is that everybody has their own reasons for for having it like the the human brain is so specific you know it's it's nature versus nurture 
versus uh, how you were raised and what experience you had today. And, you know, it's just, it's so, it's just this huge plethora of, of experiences that nobody else can comprehend. And I just really feel like it should be taken seriously. You know what I mean? And it, it really sucks that it's so hard for us over here in the United States to be able to get the help that we need. And, well, uh, like, you know, you're, you're saying like, oh, it should be treated like a broken bone. And it's like, yeah. how, how hard is it for you to get just treatment for your broken bone mm-hmm. even, right? True, like, true. Because it's like, for it's me, just, like, I, I just roll up to the hospital or I, you know, whatever. Yeah, because you guys have a free healthcare system, right? Well, like free, right? Like well, it's we taken out of your, your taxes you to, or how does, how does all that work? Taxes, mostly on the upper class. It's not too bad for us, lower class, middle class folks. Good. Here, like, you know, I hear some of the propaganda on your news channels. It's like, I don't know, fucking American news and, and stuff and politics is just insane. I am but, so surprised by the amount of other countries that actually give a fuck about American politics. I really feel like- well, we're you just you a guys reality TV show for the whole world, you know what I mean? And it's so, it's so embarrassing. Yeah, and, like, how many, like, foreign uh, military bases do you guys have? Like, 134 <sighs> or so? Like, isn't it in every country? So I think that there's, like, good reason for the rest it's of the just, world. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Like, well, it's, it's just, just <laughs> we're just, it's embarrassing. I I don't know. I, I don't want to get into politics too much, but I'm yeah, just Yeah, that's a whole thing. But I, universal health care doesn't matter what party you're part of like you should fight for that yeah I definitely agree with that so what do you think we can do like within the metal community to kind of help people to to normalize mental health and talking about it well I think a lot of that has to do with uh how diff like for me my way of doing it is just by being okay with it and talking about it and being open about it. Cause that's, I think that's really the only way you can do it is just by leading by example. Right. Yeah. And uh, like, I, and again, when I was talking about, you see how much effect you have on people when you are doing better, how much I've, you know, people, how much people will open up to be about their stuff because I'm open about my stuff. It's like, it, it, it's a, uh, a, uh, algorithmic or whatever like it's it's uh it's like an upward spiral (laughs) you know and so I think uh, like just being open about it and making it fucking cool like there's nothing cool or satanic or special about being a piece of shit like there just isn't like there's nothing cool or satanic or badass about like hating your life and like depending on your parents or like, you know, being a piece of shit fucking parent to some, to a kid or whatever. Like there's nothing, there's nothing metal about it. Like, you know, there's, there's some people it's like, you know, destroy your life for Satan, all that shit. And it's like, yeah, funny, you know, whatever. Or like, you know, spend your twenties doing that. But once you're past that point, grow the fuck up. Like, it's just not like, would you look up to that person if you're a teenager? Like, would you want to like, be like that? You know, it's well, I, just well. If you have a teenage ment- mentality, yeah, you're more inclined to think that I don't know, chaos is appealing for some reason. I mean, the whole black metal scene started out with people like, you know, Varg and Euronymous, who were obviously, I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it. Everybody knows they were dicks. You know what I mean? And- well, but look at look at Varg now. Varg is very fit. Varg lives on a fucking farm. Varg is not a weakling. 
Like, uh, say what no, you want about no, him. He's, he's not. He's but, not. I mean, I'm but sure he's, he's, he's not a pathetic, weak person. He has a wife and he has a farm and he puts out albums. And it's like, that's no, not no, the no. same as being a like, I, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just saying like, it's, it's not the same as being like a hopeless alcoholic or something. Right. Oh, like you're saying that people glorify being a hopeless alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm like, you know, having some drinks is whatever. Like that's yeah, yeah. not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about like wallowing in depression, mm-hmm. wallowing in fucking substance abuse. Cause it's, it, and, and then a lot of time, like a lot of black metal is just glorifying that because it's a way of, it's a cope. Right. It's a coping it's like, oh, I, I'm this way because I think it's cool to be this way. It's like, no, you're that way because you're fucking weak and you, th- you tricked yourself into thinking that it's cool because you are stuck here. It's like, I don't know. It's like it's like punks who like worship poverty. It's like only poverty is real. It's like if you had money, you wouldn't necessarily think that. Right. Right. Well, I don't think everybody necessarily thinks it's cool. You know what I mean? Like I've definitely struggled with substance abuse and alcoholism and I don't think it's fucking cool. I know it's a problem and I'm self-aware and I'm doing what I can to uh, overcome those obstacles. You know what I mean? And try to improve. And so, I mean, I'm just just criticizing like this. I'm criticizing like the subculture that like worships it. Yeah. I think like, cause the subculture fucking worships it in a way. And like, I'm, you know, when I was like, and, and it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like uh, you, you can enjoy it from like an artistic standpoint too. it kind of like rape porn or something like, you know, maybe it's my kink to, uh, you know, fucking listen to Grosem Height or whatever. I don't know how to pronounce that shit because <laughs> it's like, I love that shit. And it's like ta- just talking about fucking heroin and whatever. And it's like, I, I like that project. But mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I it's but yeah, it's kind of like having a rape kink. It's where like you don't necessarily want to get raped or think that rape is cool, but <laughs> but maybe you just want to watch some porn of that at some point. Right. Like yeah, I think there's definitely people like that, and they're definitely not people that I admire. Um, what's your opinion on on self-medicating with um plant medicine like psychedelics, psilocybin and um and um, what am I thinking? What am I thinking? DMT. Yeah, DMT. Ayahuasca. DBD, all that stuff. Have you I, have you tried anything like that? <laughs> yeah, like I was I was smoking crack when I was fourteen. So yeah, I've yeah, tried. It's not the same. It's not the same. <laughs> but I've tried. I've tried every drug, like almost every single drug. Uh, okay, so mushrooms are easy to get a hold of usually. But have you tried anything? Any heavy psych- psychedelics like um, yeah, DMT? like I've done DMT like MDMA I've mixed them all together (laughs) like um I would say with the psychedelics like they're definitely it depends on like your mental state and your like intention and stuff especially like stuff like mushrooms acid MDMA um if you go into it with the intention and the setting like so it's like, you know, you can see in my studio now, it's like full of plants and like music and oh, I could have nice lights. And it's like, you know, get a few friends together. And it's like, you could have a really good time that is really enriching. And you could tell each other like all these like secrets and like find out mystical shit about the universe. And like, that is a totally legitimate, awesome experience. Or you can fucking pop it at the club and dance around like an idiot and 
you know, die of dehydration or whatever. Like it's the same, it's the same drug, right? It's you that is the, that is like the key. So I heard this, I think it's a Alan Watts quote where it's a, like, if you are a scientist and you're using a microscope, you can see like a whole nother world. But if you don't know how to use the microscope, you're not going to be able to see anything. If you have a doctor who has a scalpel, he might be able to save your life and fix your heart. And if you give it to, you know, some jackass, they're going to, they can murder you. Right. Right. So it's, it's not the tool. It's the user. Right. you know, Same tool, it, different catalyst, basically. Yeah. So I'd say like for people, you know, if someone listens to this and it's like they've never done mushrooms and they're thinking about like microdosing or full dosing or whatever, just do your research, go on fucking Eroid. Like, you know, I, I, I guess I haven't been on Eroid in fucking years, so I don't know if that's what really did you say? Eroid? Eroid. Eroid. Is that a, a website for like um, psychedelic just all oh. the drugs. If you want to find out anything about a drug user experiences, it, it's like the Wikipedia of drugs. And again, like I haven't been on it in a few years. I'm, I didn't I even know that was a thing. Who doesn't know what that is. <laughs> I, I highly recommend it. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll yeah. probably look into that because I actually have some mushrooms. I've been meaning to, to um, trip on them. And whenever I work with plant medicine, I take it very seriously. And I've been wanting to do kind of like a a meditative bath where I just um, do some personal ritual work. I know you, you are, you also practice witchcraft and are into the occult. So am I. And I, so I just do personal like um, blood magic, sigil magic, and I'll incorporate that with the plant medicine and use that to kind of um, work out my inner trauma and try to raise my level of self-awareness and consciousness. And I feel like that is the correct approach to drugs like this, as opposed to just, popping a pill at a party and being a jackass. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with enjoying it recre- recreationally. Like if you go to the woods. Yeah, like, I, wanna, I, like, I say jackass, but I'm really like, you know, life is short and we're all just like miserable little creatures. And if you can do something that brings you a little bit of joy, all the power to you, but your experience right, right. is going to be very different and whatever. Like I've, I've done it at parties where, you know, I made the most amazing friends for the night and that might've been exactly what I needed at that point. Yeah. And you know, like it's all, it's all kind of like interwoven and stuff too. Right. So yeah, I don't necessarily mean to like discount uh, doing it just for fun, but you're not going to like talk to God if you're like just, <laughs> you know, not giving not giving the God the opportunity to even get into your head because you're busy doing whatever else. Right. 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 Well, I mean, same thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with necessarily using it as a party drug every once in a while, but I definitely feel like it has much greater potential and that, I mean, they're being, it's being used in clinical testing now for mental um, illnesses. And, you know, it's Mm -hmm. been shown to have uh, at least, um, again, mushrooms have shown to have a positive impact on rewiring your brain and um, helping people with depression and anxiety and things like that. So I really kind of, uh, I don't know. Obviously I'm interested in fucking psychedelics and (laughs) would like to consider myself a little bit of a psychonaut. I still want to try ayahuasca and really like, I feel like you can't get past trauma if you don't want to face your fucking demons. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So 
Aya is like a perfect way to kind of make yourself self-aware and, and face those inner demons and be able to find healthier coping mechanisms. Like if you work with a shaman, which I have um, just once, but I want to do that again. And uh, I, I just feel like there's a lot of potential out there that people aren't tapping into or, or haven't tapped into in the past, but are more are becoming more aware of uh, in recent times. So I just yeah. want to hear your opinion on that. Well, it's, it's, it's like kind of dark age for plant medicine, right? Yeah. Like it's rediscovering stuff that, you know, even apes will eat, like even animals will eat mushrooms to trip out. Yeah, like, like jaguars and shit? Uh, I'm not sure about jaguars specifically, but I know they trip on mushrooms. and like, videos. you know, like the dolphins will like purposely like irritate the puffer fish or oh. whatever because they produce like a neuro a neurotoxin or whatever. Yeah, that like makes them trip out, so they like pass yeah, me around. Crazy. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, but yeah, like it's it's a very uh, again like even like to get it legitimized within our current uh, society we need to have a purpose for it it needs to like you know for it to like not be a schedule one drug it's like marijuana needs right. to be an incredible for glaucoma or, and i'm not saying that it isn't it for sure is but it's it's just insane that the the hoops that these you know plants need to uh, jump through for them to be considered legal and acceptable. Right. Yeah. Well, that I think that kind of weaves into back into the whole big pharma situation because they don't want their clients being stolen by natural plant medicine. You know what I mean? There's the, there's no profit in that. And over here, but I think it's profit and it is those companies that are making MDMA. There's a, the, those companies are actually responsible for making a lot of like their more refined uh, materials right? There is an economic incentive, uh, maybe not so much with some of the medications, but it's like, look at how big the medical marijuana industry is instantly, like within a couple of years, at least in Canada, yeah. right? Uh, huge industry instantly, right? Um, but yeah, M MDMA, it's been used in clinical trials for at least a decade now. And who's producing that? Drug companies are producing it. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's kind of a fallacy in like, I'm not saying that there's not a lot of sketchy practices and that there isn't a lot of like pushing unnecessary drugs, especially. And like, Oh, I just like the influence on like, you know, what you, what is considered like healthy food. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there's definitely a lot of stuff to be, uh, to be paranoid about as far as those types of companies go but I would say research them on a specific basis because right. it's not just a blanket thing like they're not just out to get you period it's like well maybe in this instance like we really wanted to push this drug because we uh invested 10 million dollars into the development of it and so like we really want to sell this drug or you know say mushrooms for example it's like that is something that you know, isn't very profitable unless we can like make whatever extracts, but it's like, they can't even, they can't even monetize it if it's illegal to work on it. Right. right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. And like, the thing is, is that uh, doing proper studies to get FDA approval is extremely expensive. So even if they're able to say um, extract something that is um, that they could sell, if it's mm -hmm. something that is 
um, like food related, especially, and it doesn't need to be highly refined. It's just too like, you know, if you have to spend millions of dollars to get this properly licensed, it's like, they're not going to be researching, you know, uh, the phytochemicals in an orange peel. Cause that's just, it doesn't make any sense economically to like do the studies. So right. generally you're supposed to rely on the universities to do those studies and mm -hmm. they do somewhat. Right. But even for the university, it's very expensive to like recruit people, do long-term longitudinal studies of anything. And luckily, like because there there is some profit, especially like, um, well, you can even look at like most of the drugs that exist are most of them come from plants. Like, mm -hmm. you know, at some point, or at least like the original thing that they discovered was from a plant. Right. Coke right. was plant. And <laughs> uh, like MDMA is, you know, from MDA, which is in morning glory seeds and it's horrible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't recommend it. Right. Sorry, go ahead. LSD is from ergot. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, so as aspirin is from like willow bark, you know, it got. It, we could we could talk about that for hours but right 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 well, <laughs> so it's like, um, it, it, it can be profitable for them right 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 yeah yeah if they tax it correctly it absolutely can be which i don't understand why fucking pot isn't legal everywhere yet i moved oh yeah see like time. we're we're way ahead you guys you guys have all that puritanical like hard fox news stuff going on that's like country yeah i really do like i think it's just so fucking ridiculous like this is the fucking 21st century we should really be way ahead of our time you know what i mean like i moved from fucking california which is like really progressive and open-minded to uh ohio which is more you know uh, fucking right wing whatever bullshit and um it's it's not legal out here it's like you you have to go through a fucking drug dealer i feel like i'm back in 2006 <laughs> back in cali i could just walk down the street to the dispensary and get fucking you know a grand for like five bucks it was dope yeah <laughs> but anyway so what made you get into um black metal like what what made you want to start playing guitar uh well like i started very young like i just uh played piano for a bit and then i just wanted to actually like well, I can remember the first song I wanted to learn. I, he I remember hearing Smells Like Teen Spirit mm -hmm. on TV as a kid. And that just like, that changed a lot for me. I was like the biggest Nirvana and whole nerd in the world. The like, Holes? like I was always, uh, I don't know. It, it just, it just, I fell into it very naturally. Mm -hmm. um, so you were a grunge fan back in the day? Yeah, definitely a huge like grunge and like punk fan when I was a teenager and then pretty much like whatever the heaviest shit, most disgusting shit I could find. It just was a stepwise process to whatever most disgusting, <laughs> like I just love disgusting music. Like that's just, if it's atonal and dissonant and gross, like that, I don't know what it is. I just like, I like sleazy riffs. <laughs> Well, I, I feel like I like, I like stuff that is surprising. Uh huh. Yeah, and uh, and like uh, I like my older projects. Like I was uh, when when I was younger, I just wanted to prove myself because right, I had right. a number of really shitty experiences. Like that cousin I was talking about that I do drugs with and stuff. It's like 
I've had just men be extremely like judgmental and harsh about my playings throughout my whole life. And now that I'm older, I just realized that they are, there were jealous. And I've had other people tell me like, Oh, your cousin, he's just jealous. And I was like, no, that's not possible. Like I'm so horrible. How could he be jealous of me? And it's like, yeah, they are. And they admit it later or someone tells you that they said it or whatever, but it's like, I just needed to prove myself. So I, was like an instrumental tech musician. I just played whatever the hardest chords were I could find. I played in whatever hardest key signatures and yeah. like I programmed like there's my first band cat the adversary where I like programmed all the drums and it's just like the most insane shit I could come up with just to say fuck you I can do this. Right. And kind of like after I did that then I felt okay playing mm-hmm. punk and playing black metal and uh yeah I just felt like I was free to do that now because no one can say shit to me because I'm just playing power chords with like my pinky or what like and stretching out my pinky because like yeah you want to see if I can play like look at my old shit (laughs) right like not not that I don't uh not that like the newer stuff isn't complex in its own way too but it was more like a mental thing for me because like black metal and like grunge and like I do post-punk and stuff now too oh yeah I'd like to hear some of that yeah I'm working on it I just uh I'll I'll have to like show you the rest of my studio yeah yeah yeah. show me show me uh I'll I'll have to like just send you a picture because like I could try to like spin my computer around (laughs) that's cool oh well I I want to ask you why why do we sorry I'm stuttering here just edit, edit edit I'm gonna edit that part out why do we feel like it's necessary to test women in the music scene, specifically in the black metal scene? Like you, you were just saying earlier that you felt like you had to prove yourself. And I feel like we always get fucking pop quiz on every, say, oh, 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 like when I, when I started pl- playing black metal, everyone knew I was like a, a, like instrumental guitarist before that. So no one in black metal has ever given me shit ever. It's actually really? amazing. Cause like in the, in the prog scene that I like yeah. came from, people were fucking dicks to me and like you know I remember my ex my ex was one of those people who admitted later that he was jealous of me like when we were fighting we were breaking up and I was like you've never supported me and he's like don't you get it I'm fucking jealous and I was like no you're a genius how could you be jealous of me right and so like his friends would never like I'd go to all their shows and they would never show up to mine and like they were all just like very because I was a maniac like I just never really met black metal people before so I didn't really know I'm a maniac and I fit in with those people and like when I put out when I put out the cat the adversary demo all of a sudden like all these black metal people just started contacting me I didn't know any of them I didn't really like I listened to like Bathory and Burzum and shit but I never really like yeah and like I don't know some Despel Omega and stuff but I, I didn't really know that much about it I didn't really know very many bands and just all of a sudden like all these like uh luckily I live in Edmonton which is surrounded by just incredible black metal like so Bernie from Lust and like uh, Axis of Advance and stuff, he's the first person that contacted me. And uh, then like my current boyfriend and uh, worked with uh, Tristan from Brolvanatu and Antediluvian and Tim from Antediluvian. And uh, yeah, just just incredible people here. Like my current boyfriend, I, I remember like when stuff really changed for me, he played yeah. uh, Pest Noir Ballad Contra and like, <laughs> 
uh denimes de france or whatever and it was just like holy shit a minor just simple a minor i don't need to be fucking around in all these like 12 tone atonal scales and stuff i can make shit that is like incredible without like without having to slave and without having to like force it it's like it can just be beautiful right yeah that's what that's what i love about it that's what really drew me to black. I know that's not exactly what you're asking. Cause like, no, no, no. We'll I think, go back to that. Yeah. Like I was already a musician Yeah, and, and like, they never tested me or fucked around with me. They knew I like, wasn't like in the black okay. scene, So it was like, I've grown into it. So you but, went, so you were in a, in a more pretentious metal scene. So yeah, like, I was, I was hanging here. It's like, Oh, we yeah. already know she can outplay us. So fuck it. Yeah. So they were all yeah. chill to me. Honestly. Like, that's cool. Well, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're one amongst the few. Yeah. you know like there's a first of all there's not a lot of black metal chicks anyway uh, especially yeah, musicians I, I, I can get why uh because it's cool it's fucking cool and people think that they can just come in and enjoy the cool without having to work at it when like, it, everyone that cool. creates <laughs> like when, when you're a musician it's a fucking lot of work and you make yeah. a lot of you you spend so much fucking time doing art and like with people that do art and music it's their fucking life and they build it and they make it beautiful and they make it cool and they make it intelligent and complex and people think that they can just like come in and take it it's like a type of like cultural appropriation or whatever and so i think that that's why i i i feel like chicks are more likely to be seen tourists just because they can people will like accept them and stuff because there's not very many girls and fucking black metal people are chuds and losers and incels a lot of the time so it's just like oh she's cute or she doesn't have to be cute she's just around so like people will kind of be sort of accepting but also they have all these weird hang-ups with women because they are incels and they are fucking oh again lots of mental illness in the scene and everything so (laughs) so they're weird about fucking chicks like they're just you know, but but I do see a lot of scene tourist chicks who don't play anything. They don't do art. They don't like contribute to the scene, except for maybe sucking some dude's dick. So like, scene tourists. Scene tourists. Yeah. Uh, like people who will just kind of show up, and you're like, who the fuck is this person? Like they just show up and they go to shows and then they date some guy and then next month they're punk and they're dressing punk and they're dating some punk guy. Oh, you mean the poser. Yeah, like, <laughs> so I, would, I don't like saying that word because I feel I like- know, even I know, I know, but that's what you're saying. Yeah, okay. But even legit, like, so like I have this thing where I'm really, I try to be really nice to the chicks because I know what it's like, at yeah. least like, like, again, the black male people have been nice to me, but the fucking prog jazz people were really harsh to me. So I know what it's like for the to, to like, be judged unfairly before you they know you or, you know. So, like, when I meet a, a new black male chick, I'm like, cool, what do you play? Like, do you do art? Like, I, I, go, I come from, like, the expectation that you are a fan, that you know stuff, that you read books, or that you at least, like, you know, you don't have to, like, have every album memorized or something, but it's like you bring something true to the fucking table like I just approach chicks like that and I have I can tell you like nine times out of ten I've been disappointed too right like but why but why do you have expectations I have expectations on the guys too like, but I think anybody can just be a fan. You don't have to be a fucking artist or, music that's, that's, or whatever. That's you can just listen to the music. 
you know what I mean? And be like, why do you have to contribute to something? At least like, uh, at least, you know, like I'm a musician. So all of my friends are musicians. And so like, I feel like we're like in this, I feel like almost all black metal fans, almost all of them are, are musicians. At least like, that's my perspective. So when people come into like my inner circle, it's like kind of like, why are you here? It's not like I judge every fan like that. You know what I mean? But yeah. like, it's just like, I don't know. <laughs> I guess maybe it's just pretentious and shitty too for me to, to be like that too. But, um, but I, can, I can see that that might be why uh, people are like that to chicks. Because a lot of the guys, they don't hang out. They don't, they don't, they're not interested in it unless they're contributing like musically or artistically. Mm, I wouldn't say that necessarily. I know plenty of people who are just fans and they, as long as they genuinely love the music, like I don't feel like I have a right to judge them. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's just like, cause I have that inner kind of like, like I'm in, I'm in that inner circle. Like you're, you're used to hang out with musicians. So you expect yeah. to be a fucking musician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's just weird for me to like meet a fan that's not also playing. Like I, I know a few of them, but it's like even the people that I know that are fans that aren't musicians, they're like running labels or they like are printing t-shirts or they're like promoters or like just I guess it's like I'm just kind of uh sheltered from <laughs> I guess in a way. <laughs> right. So when an outsider comes into that, like, group of people without, like, it's just weird when they're not, like, you know, it's like you're hanging out with all the bands and all the roadies and all the promoters and you're just standing there. I don't know. Right? Like, I guess it is judgmental. But I'm just saying, like, that. I think that that might be kind of where some of that attitude comes from. And again, just mental illness fucking basement dweller bullshit so they're always going to be weird about chicks i think like yeah the majority of those guys right? well what i was trying to get at earlier when i mentioned that and i asked you about it was um that more often than not most people i suppose you've been very lucky have at least experienced this once most chicks where you tell a guy that you fucking like black metal uh, or you're wearing a black metal t-shirt like I remember uh, I went to work once and I was wearing an Abbott shirt and then this guy was like, oh, name me all the Immortal albums in like chronological order. And I'm like, dude, why are you like that? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> why is it just, and I've talked to other chicks about this before and it's specifically towards women. Like you don't look at another guy with a black metal t-shirt and fucking, oh, well, what's the first fucking some of those black metal dudes will be like that to other guys too, but they, they are like that to women more in the same way that they feel entitled to tell a woman to smile. They're, yeah, I really hate that shit. Like, yeah. So yeah. But, um, my, my, my piece of advice is ignore those fucking people. Cause they're, well, yeah, obviously, I, I mean, I'm not going to ruminate over it. It's just, like, it's fucking but, annoying. It's fucking yeah. annoying that it's something that I've had to experience more than once. You know what I mean? Like, why do I have to prove uh, myself? all the time to somebody just because like I can what I'm not allowed to fucking love this music you know what I mean like that's that's you their their thoughts are none of your business that's their own shit that's got nothing to do with you as a person like well I mean I'm getting popped quiz sometimes you know what I mean well but then you can tell them to go fuck themselves like I know I know it's not blow them off but but yeah yeah, I know know it sucks but it's like anyone that's like that is not worth your fucking time oh for sure for sure So do you have um, any kind of like 
suggestions on healthy coping mechanisms that people can can take home? Um, so again, like if you are to the point where you are unable to do the, like, if you're unable to exercise, you're unable to make yourself healthy food. If you're at that low of a level of functionality, try like, again, it might not work out for everyone, but talk to your fucking doctor. If you can afford to in the States or whatever calls call like a free helpline i'm sure that there's free you know services out there think about getting some baseline help because like if you even if you got therapy um and you are not able to have the biological mechanisms that you need working if your neurotransmitters are not firing you're not going to get that much out of therapy and therapy might be pretty like horrifying for you because you're not even going to like you don't have the mental capacity to be like strong enough to go through it. Cause it's like therapy is like uh, it's like psychological surgery. They're mm. going to cut you open and it's going to be horrible. And there's like a healing process and you feel better after, but it's, it's a very like, it's like you have to be cer- a certain amount of healthy to get into surgery. You have to be a certain level of like mentally healthy to even go to like therapy. So yeah. as- so I, that's, that's for people who are like severe, like I had like severe depression, mm-hmm. you know, if you, if you're at that level, go talk to your fucking doctor, get over the fear of it, just try it. Right. Um, after that, like there's a number of, um, uh, like, I, the, the, like there's a bunch of like herbs and like kind of uh, natural things that you can take that are good too, but it's those big basic things. So what you spend the majority of your time doing that has like the most effect is going to be your diet, mm-hmm. your exercise, your psychological like environment, right? Like if you're at a fucking job that you hate with an abusive boss and you come home to like a shitty house with like, you know, an abusive partner or whatever, like there is no amount of like lion's mane and L-tyrosine that's going <laughs> to make, that's going to make you feel better. Or yeah, you could take Wellbutrin yeah. and like Wellbutrin might like make you have enough energy to realize, holy shit, I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but like none of, none of those things is going to like, if your diet is shit, it doesn't matter if you're like going to take whatever special thing, it's not going to have as much effect as like, if you just think like per milligram or gram, it's like how many grams of food do you eat a day versus like how many, even if you ate 10 pills, that's like less than one meal worth of like material. You know what I mean? Right. right. <laughs> so um, I struggled with a lot of food allergies too. figuring out fucking allergies. Very important. So mm. I'd say like get, get those big things, exercise, all that stuff taken care of. Once you have that in place, then it's like you can get a little bit more nuanced with different forms of like meditation. Um, There's a lot of like really good apps out there. Like Insight Timer is my favorite meditation app. There's like Mm. just tons of different styles. Like for me, I if I try to do void meditation, so like everyone's like, oh, just sit there and be quiet. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's real, but <laughs> so it's like, it's either I like have a very strong perception of like demons and stuff or else I'm just insane. And so if I'm, 
<laughs> quiet for long enough, like I see like horrifying shit. So for me, I, if I'm going to meditate, I need guided meditation or else I'm just like going to have nightmares for weeks. Cause the stuff I see is like fucked up if I try to just meditate. So, um, <laughs> so if you're one of those people, definitely guided meditation is the way to go. Um, I think I'm going to try that. What was the app called again? Insight Timer. Insight Timer. Because yeah. I've been meaning to do some more meditation. I've kind of fallen off the uh, spiritual track a little bit, but I'll get jump back on it. It's nice to switch it up too, because they do have like so many different teachers and they actually, like I submitted a couple for them and they actually do pay you. So it's not oh, really? like Spotify. It's not like whatever. So it even if you have a free account, you can rest assured that they actually like do care about the people that make content for them. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, just there's so many different ones. It's like you can do like any length of time, chakras, like loving kindness uh lots of different like weirder more esoteric ones just like some basic body scans like you name it and like you know i recommend trying like one of like there's so many different practices and it's something that like you know when people say meditate you think like oh i'm just gonna go sit and be bored for 20 minutes a day but like mm -hmm. when you have you know access to like all these different styles and all these different teachers it becomes like something that you're actually learning and it's actually like exciting because it is it's not just sitting there it is something like kind of new and like they draw your attention to like different aspects of your consciousness and your body and your surroundings and like so you're, you're still you know focusing on the present and doing all the stuff but it's like having having that assistance is incredible dude that sounds dope i'm gonna try that shit yeah, it's it's yeah, and free account, it's fucking awesome. Like the uh, you have to pay to be able to like fast forward and rewind. That's like <laughs> that's the most annoying thing about the free account. But <laughs> other than that, it's pretty good. <laughs> um, well, you can't be too picky with free content, huh? Yeah, and again, if you do pay for the account, you can rest assured that they're actually paying their teachers. It's not just like funneling into nowhere, like Spotify or whatever. Um, so yeah, meditating. Yeah, once once you get those basics, there are, depending on like, uh, if you have abused various drugs in the past. Uh, so one that's pretty common for people to abuse is MDMA. So mm -hmm. if you have MDMA use in your past, 5-HTP helps your body produce more serotonin. It's a necessary building block for serotonin. We all know from all the memes how important serotonin is. Right. <laughs> memes will get information around let me tell you that's actually like where their name comes from is like a, a it's it's a unit of cultural like it's like a cultural gene mm. yeah uh, huh. yeah it was coined by richard dawkins who's an evolutionary biologist cool yeah Learned something new every day that's yeah, so it's, yeah it's, a piece, it's a piece of cultural data yeah so yeah. <laughs> very effective um, uh, with people with like, um, amphetamine or, uh, or cocaine abuse probably would benefit from L-tyrosine. These are amino acids that form like building blocks for your brain. Even if you haven't abused those drugs, if you're dealing with depression or anxiety, usually it's those pathways that are involved. Mm -hmm. Um, those are pretty safe. However, like, so there's, 
there's a kind of give and take between how strong something is. It's like, if something's very strong, it's could help you a lot or it could hurt you a lot. Whereas like, if you're taking things like, you know, lion's mane mushrooms, small doses of psilocybin, it's like, it might help you a little, or it might hurt you a little. It's not really that crazy either way. You can try it out. And it's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. Stuff like we were talking about, uh, antidepressants before or different medications those are stronger so they could either help you a lot or hurt you a lot depending on you know many different factors so basically like you know if you're if you're making like the little changes and stuff they can have a little impact right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay yeah so those are like kind of the big ones there's lots of other stuff too like uh journaling you know, all that kind of good stuff. Journaling is a good way to get free therapy if you can't get any other therapy. That's uh, a good way to do it. It's like yeah, a form of self-therapy. It can even be kind of a form of meditation when you really get into it, you know, like when you're drawing or mm-hmm. or writing a piece of music. Yeah, for sure. Uh, with, uh, with the journaling, like I do, I don't do it as much anymore, but it, it's this specific practice called morning pages. Mm-hmm. And like, that's about as close as I've come to like uh, psychodynamic therapy for free because you write three pages every morning no matter what even if it's like just total nonsense you just have to write three pages and that's before meditation that's before anything else so you would be amazed at the garbage that comes out of your head I fucking hate him he's a piece of shit I love him so much I like can't live without him <laughs> I hate myself I hate my job I love myself I love my job like you you start to realize that your emotions aren't really really real Hmm. like you know there are some things that are true but it's like it is a form of meditation because you realize like that stuff floats by and it might feel so like it might grab you so hard in the moment but really like tomorrow you'll be okay yeah oh tell me about it I hate that fucking shit man when you're like having a (laughs) depressive episode and it feels like it's the end of the world and you're never gonna fucking overcome this and fuck I'm gonna kill myself because I hate my fucking life and da 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 your brain yeah and nothing I've ever done has mattered and like I'm so oh it's just so full of regret and shit and it's like that what I try to tell people sometimes and I had made a video about this on my personal YouTube channel was that you should you should really uh, just take some moments to take some deep breaths and remind yourself, you know, become aware of what you're feeling. Like I'm feeling very angry. I'm feeling very suicidal. I'm feeling this way, acknowledge them. And then remind yourself that these emotions will pass. These feelings will pass. Like I cannot like emphasize how important that is because that's something that I have taught myself and has helped me like fucking immensely. So yeah, that's definitely something that, that I think is important. Yeah. And yeah. like, uh, you know, from, from meditation, it's like, you're supposed to kind of learn that from meditation again. Like I find meditation extremely distracting because it is contraindicated for some people. So for me, it's like either, yeah, either I'm an occult genius or I do have a touch of psychosis. So either way, <laughs> Like I can't sit with my thoughts until I have those kinds of perceptions. If I'm writing or something, then I'm fine. And I can realize, you know, the transience of thoughts and blah, blah, blah. It's grounding to Mm -hmm. write. Um, But yeah, I I understand if people can't meditate. Because yeah, if you have schizophrenia, you're not like meditation can be really bad for you. Um, And I'm assuming it's 
probably for those reasons like you'll hear voices see stuff like right right ghosts are trying to talk to you little ghost girls are like help me and you're like no (laughs) (laughs) and like you know there's tibet like a you know like in meditation when you get more advanced they tell you like oh ignore the demons ignore all that stuff it's just a distraction and it's like yeah easier said than done you know <laughs> like well i don't think it should be that jesus I... is trying to attack you like <laughs> I mean, that's a really weird fucking demon man that is a very niche demon right there but I think it's more okay, so, important to be able to acknowledge your demons in order to be able to overcome them. So, so that specific hallucination was, uh, it was like a gray, like it looked like an alien. And I was like, I'm going to just pretend that I'm going to just imagine it as Jesus coming. Cause like, you know, I'll just, it, it's my imagination. So I should be able to change it. No, it just morphed it into evil alien demon Jesus. It was fucked up. <laughs> That's really weird. Yeah, I do not. Uh, I do not recommend uh, void meditation to everyone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's different types of meditation. Uh, trying to sit and be still is definitely not for every fucking mind out there. But you know, there you can yeah, do, keep going. running can be a meditation. Uh, lifting weights can be a meditation. Um, yeah, drawing something can be a meditation. Doing yoga is really good because you're also you know, performing calisthenics and helping your joints and your knees and your fucking muscles stretch out. And it's like, there's something about, there's something about just stretching, even if you don't want to work out, you know what I mean? Just stretch. Like you're going to, you're going to release tension. You're going to feel the tension loosen in your body and it's going to help the rest of your day go by so much more easier. And there is no separation between your physical body, your spiritual body, your mental body. It is one thing. So if your physical body is constrained, so is your psychological and your mental and your emotional and your spiritual. Like they're very, they're, it's all very connected. Yeah. And you know, like your hand is just as sacred as your brain, as your like toe. Like you are, you are like a floating energy field. We only look solid. Right. right? Like that's, that's an, it's an illusion. It truly is like the, you're not separate from your surroundings even. Oh, this is a whole nother discussion we can have about that. You right? want to go down the rabbit hole? Let's so do like, it. So like I was saying, it's like, you know, mental health stuff. It's like, make sure your physical body's okay and your your space is okay and stuff. Because without that stuff, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you like, you know, you, you have like a really awesome meditation. It's like, good, that might make you feel better for a little bit. But if you're going home and you know getting your ass kicked or whatever it's like right yeah you have to change your your actual circumstances yeah exactly for sure like a lot of the time it can just be absolutely situational Mm -hmm. um it's like uh just having a realistic reaction to a shitty fucking experience like it's not even yeah there's yeah and so you know your brain's responses build like uh like they build off of each other like synergistically and just like uh, like fractal patterns, right? So if you have shitty experience, shitty experience, shitty experience, your brain learns to prepare for shitty experiences and it learns to defend itself against shitty experiences, which like uh, I heard like a really good uh, metaphor and it's like, it's like closing your fist, but eventually like your fist will start hurting you, mm-hmm. right? Like you might yeah, do this gonna to get yourself, but it's like pretty soon you're cutting your hand and you're, you're getting cramped and it's not protecting you anymore. It's mm-hmm. harming you. Right. So like, you know, having, having little good experiences like meditation and stuff it can be part of building that upward, you know, spiral that upward, like 
getting out of the shitty situations and stuff right so it, it does it does all play a part but it's like you shouldn't kid yourself about like how much you know oh like I'm gonna do this spell or oh I'm gonna like take take this pill or whatever if yeah. you're like not dealing with those bigger harder problems uh you're not gonna you're not gonna have that much of a benefit right yeah I agree with that how much would you say that um spirituality can help um I'd say it really depends on the person like for some people it's just not they don't seem to like find that much interest in it or uh or they express their spirituality in a very uh uh secular way mm-hmm. so for example my brother is like a pretty hardcore atheist as was i i was a hardcore atheist for a number of years until i had yeah. like a series of really in- interesting experiences that i could not argue away but mm-hmm. for him it's like he is very humanitarian and he's vegetarian it's like you know very like uh you know he's in pre-med to help people he's like one of has one of the best like auras that i know he's like a massage therapist but he like hates all the new age shit he thinks it's retarded he like just really you know doesn't doesn't jive with it at all and uh but but yet he's a very spiritual person in a very secular way so like for explicit spirituality if it's if it's your thing then you need it like for me it's like i remember being eight years old and you know praying to the goddess in my bare feet and making potions and like you know connecting with the earth and that's just who i was right and playing with with the twigs and mud yeah, like I just remember, like I have several memories now that I'm talking about. I'm just standing with my feet bare in the grass and like, oh, and like I and I need it. I need yeah. that. Some people just like they're fine on <laughs> this, yeah, totally. or like, or maybe they just have never experienced it. So maybe they're missing out on something that I have discovered. But you know, I think for a lot of people. You know, if they're if they're fine without it or they have their own way of doing things, like it's fine. I'd say I'd encourage people to try it because, like, a lot of people, uh, especially in the metal scene, especially like I find it really, you know, interesting that like a lot of bands have occult topics, but they're not into the occult. It's just all cosplay for them. And like, yeah, I don't understand that. I'm actually well. One of the things that really drew me to black metal was the occult thematics you know what I mean it's like yeah it's it's artistic and it it allows for more I feel like versus other types of metal like thrash or death which I you know I still like some of those bands but I feel like uh and I don't mean to be insulting to anybody by saying this but I feel like hardcore and like death metal and punk is more of a performance and I feel like black metal is an art you know what I mean and a lot of those artists happen to be into well claim to be into spiritual practices uh more left-hand path oriented but I mean that's that's always been something that's been very beautiful and drawn me in because I have a personal interest in the occult you know I I like I mean I practice witchcraft and I also and studying other forms of magic and all that good shit. Um, what about you? What, do you just consider yourself like a like 
a witch or you practice left-hand path or more right-hand path stuff or an amalgamation of both, which is what I do. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, like I, I'm eclectic. I improvise the same way. Like I'm a very improvisational musician mm-hmm. uh, as well. Like, uh, like a lot of, a lot of Sorganizium material has improvised parts in the recordings. I view music as kind of like conversational. And so I think it's kind of, like it's kind of okay to like have an idea of what you're going to talk about but at the end of the day like is is it almost insulting to your audience when you don't talk to them when you just like I'm just going to say my presentation and I'm not taking any questions I'm not like that I want to I want to like feel what okay this crowd wants it a bit faster or like maybe I'll do some trills here for that guy because he's you know like I I feel like yeah it's very uh, so I practice magic in the same way. And like, I do, I do, I'm a nerd. I love to read. I love to study. Um, just on the topic of like me, like uh, the occult and black metal, like Sorgonasia is all just like me and my partner's experiences. There's nothing like made up mm-hmm. in Sorgonasia's lyrical material. It's like, that's all stuff that's, you know, been, been whispered to me when I've been brave enough to meditate or, you know, mm-hmm. just, just from like, uh very it's very kinetic so like for me like occult experiences are very visceral very physical mm-hmm. um they're 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 beyond like we use words to get us to a space that is beyond words it's like you use um it's like so i i love reading i really love uh Libernal and Psychonaut by Peter Carroll. I really enjoy uh, Golden Dawn material. Like Israel Regardi, I think is a, a genius. Um, <laughs> so those are like my two f- kind of favorite for now, but I read lots of stuff like the Yoga of Power and, sorry, <laughs> I caught coronavirus in November and like my lungs are still like. Oh shit, really? <laughs> Um, yeah, they're still like not good. Yeah, okay. Do you, if you want to grab like a drink of water or something, go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I'm just, like getting too excited now. <laughs> no, no, it's cool. It's cool. Like we can always edit. I'll edit this little clip out, and you're cool. You just keep going. Yeah. Mm. Actually, let me grab another beer. Yeah, sure. Okay, I'm back. This is cool. I've been wanting to talk some, to somebody about occult shit for like, uh, what? This is only like my fourth episode. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you got lots of time. <laughs> I wanted to find somebody to talk to, you know, this nerdy wishy shit about. And, you know, I, I was really excited to talk to you because, you know, not only uh, do you listen to the music, you play the music, you also work in psychology. So you're you know involved with mental health. When you made that post, that was like your idea for the show. I was like... <laughs> I was, I was made for this. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. It's like, and then you also do witchy shit. And it's like, I do witchy shit. And yeah, yeah. We have like, all, we have very, very similar baseline of interest right there. Um, yeah. So, so like, I don't, I don't do, I don't do like a lot of left-hand path stuff. Like I don't have a problem with it either, mm-hmm. but just like, I like to be in control a lot of the time. And when I work with demons, I feel like stuff happens like too fast. And I feel like there's like, it, it's kind of like a drug trip or something. And I don't like that. I don't necessarily like having my like feet kind of fly out from under right. me. 
I'd rather be you don't like not not feeling in control yeah like I'd rather work slower with like smaller entities or creating my own um like creating my own what's the what's the word uh I wrote an article about it too and it's just gone but like just like creating like little energy forces and stuff like that to to go do this task or that task Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh yeah demons are just too quick I don't like it it makes me I also uh because I do have um a very strong predilection to see stuff that's terrifying um I had a really good friend her name was Sarah Reck she's a a cult cartoonist and author and uh she dealt pretty severely with like mm, had like some pretty negative experiences with uh demonology and stuff Mm -hmm. so like her um like her practices really had a strong influence on me like she's more of like a like voodoo hoodoo kind of uh practice practitioner so they do work with loa and mm. uh you know like papa vede or whatever I, yeah i don't i don't really know that canon too well uh because i <laughs> she gave me she gave me a veed or whatever she's like oh call these guys and i called them up and it's like one of them lit my like i ended up like lighting my hair kind of on fire like i just felt like chaos right <laughs> so um yeah, I, f- I feel like the the voodoo guys are a little bit a little bit of hard party animals even for me. So but but uh she had really negative experiences and yeah, I see stuff that's terrifying. So like demonic forces are if you aren't if you aren't like adequately prepared uh psychologically physically physically even especially like i have health problems too so it's like not necessarily great to be working with those guys because if they see weakness they'll exploit it Mm -hmm. and i they'll lie to you they'll to get what you want because they want to feel your body they want your energy because in a way you're much stronger than they are like in certain ways like they you have a visceral form and you are able to control matter in ways that they aren't. They can do stuff that you can't do, right? Or that you have to go through different channels to, like, get done. But, like, they want your energy. And, like, if you can have an exchange, it's kind of like, I guess, kind of like a drug dealer, right? It's like, this guy right. has a gun, this guy's a scary guy. But, like, if we have an amicable relationship, then we can exchange stuff and be buddies. Yeah, um, it's like a contract. I, but yeah, you gotta be careful with those guys because they, if they, you know, think that they can sell you into sex, sex slavery, they just might, like, you know. <laughs> uh, so, do you do you believe that demons are are like their own separate entity living in a different form of like a parallel universe, or do you believe that they are actually parts of your subconscious manifesting themselves i believe that it's both like i do believe that they have a physical or like energetic existence because yeah people like oh this is just like you're talking to yourself blah blah blah. it's like you know i i do believe that you are part of everything and everything is part of you so that's part of it yeah but it's i i think that there is a metaphysical existence so it's it's like it's like an archetype but I do believe that archetypes too have like, I view them as like energy forms, right? Yeah. So, uh, 
is it is it kind of like a you know, i'd say like maybe semi like i don't really know too much about dimensional theory so i can't really like say uh-huh. too much about that but maybe out of phase slightly with physical matter but definitely like energy that exists do you feel like they're egregores like they they only exist and have power because we believe and give them that power ourselves uh i think that you add their, their like your mental energy gives them some power but i think that they have an existence regardless but you can in the same way like venerating uh your ancestors gives them energy and venerating your you know like why would a god help you out because you have an altar of the, that god because you are like supplying a again it's 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 a give and take kind of relationship so i do believe that your energy does feed them in a way but i yeah i do think that they kind of exist outside of that as well i again like what evidence do i have none but that's kind of like my no, that's fine you don't have to have evidence we're just bullshitting but, uh, and sharing yeah, each other's but, opinions but that, but yeah that's that's i i i, I both <laughs> cool this yeah. is cool i'm really enjoying specifically this no, part of the conversation very, i've enjoyed all of it but specifically this is like really, no this is this is really just cool for me all dank. yeah <laughs> uh, fucking, uh, so when you write when you write songs do you like do you talk about like specific experiences specific experiences you may have had during a ritual that you were doing or something uh, like that that's what some of the stuff is for sure and mm-hmm. uh some and a lot of it's just like, yeah like reflecting back on it um and some of it is also that kind of like veneration. Sorry, I shouldn't chew on this. I can hear it like clanking against my teeth. It's okay. Don't worry about um, it. Yeah. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So some of it is to like purposely venerate uh, like entities that I work with too. So it's like you saw like the, offering? Cover of the demo is the Lilith sigil that I drew mm-hmm. Lilith I work with a lot and it's like so people are like oh but she's a demon but she's not really like there is an like she's a multi it's it's like any like she's an aspect she's like a dark aspect of the goddess which is you know really all energy is the universe blah 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 so it's like if you want to get really specific it's like that specific energy form could be considered demonic but it's also a part of this other bigger like feminine energy period right so a lot of Lilith worship on that I was like very uh (laughs) very heavily into Lilith and still am like Sorgonasia is like a Lilith worship kind of project in a lot of Mm -hmm. ways yeah, I was wondering how you pronounced your band name. I'm sorry. You know, I this whole time we've been bullshitting, I haven't even like mentioned your band. I am so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Well, you know, but this is more about getting to know the musicians on a personal level. Like, of course, we're going to discuss your music at some point, but it's more about getting to know you as an individual person. And I like that we just jumped into like an organic flowing conversation and, and have just kind of like come full circle. You know what I mean? I, and like the, the content is great. It's like got to talk about uh, mental health and, and like some, uh, yeah, mental health, the occult, music, posers, like it's all fucking good. <laughs> it's all there. It is all there. Everything that you want to hear about right here. Right here. Two fucking black little babes. A. Yeah, I bet this is going to get a bunch of views. I, I have a good feeling about it. Um, thank you for being supportive, by the way. Like, I, yeah. I was feeling, like, not very confident about continuing this 
just because it's really hard to to get people to actually want to talk about mental health you know what I mean like oh yeah like, I was I was really excited for this but as we're talking I'm just like oh <laughs> to be Which, but I get it you know what I mean like I'm not even mad like I've had several people like cancel on me and like I get it sometimes you're just not in the mood to fucking talk about your feelings like I understand and it's well, yeah, a really fucking dark fucking hole that you can fall into just because you didn't do your makeup right or some minor bullshit you know what I mean so so yeah, like um, I said, life, life is horrible and difficult and everything just making it through the day is suffering so anything yeah, extra- life is suffering and then you die yeah exactly but do you really die or does your consciousness continue into a different plane of existence that's which is what I think I think that's what happens yeah, just to let you guys know that's what I think anyway um but uh like yeah just as far as um encouraging you to continue like remember how i was saying like i'm always i always try to be nice to the chicks because a lot of the chicks you know people are rude to them for no reason people aren't supportive to them for no reason uh even if they have good ideas even if they are good musicians or good artists or have whatever going on for them people are people are misogynistic people have their own hang-ups people are like even other chicks are like competitive and it makes oh god yeah oh we should talk about that for a minute jesus christ uh finish what you're saying I try to go the other way though. So it's like, even if I personally like don't really like <laughs> a female musician, I'll still like buy the t-shirt and still like try. Well, that's really cool of you, but most people would not. I mean, I think there's a whole jealousy issue between all the musicians anyway. Yeah. Specifically yeah. between women in the metal scene. I feel like, <sighs> well, I'm from LA, so I mean, I knew, I knew a couple cool chicks, but most chicks that I didn't really talk to, it's like you were, you were either trying to like out hot each other or out metal each other. You know what I mean? It was always some kind of fucking competition. And it's like, it was really difficult for me to establish any sort of like a female camaraderie because of that bullshit. So, I mean, have you had any experiences like that? Uh honestly like I haven't like I grew up in a small town so I didn't really have any friends that were in the scene specifically until quite a bit later in my life um and then mostly like I because I'm in bands I know mostly guys and then most of the girls don't even like when I was younger at least like now I I know lots of like just absolutely amazing like again once once I realized like I'm a black metal maniac, all the black metal maniac chicks are cool to me, whatever, all the death metal chicks are like very weird to me, hated, like just hated that I hung out with their boyfriends and stuff. Again, like once I got older and more like people just kind of like know me as a musician too, they're more chill with me. It's not just some chick hanging out with your boyfriend, I think might have something to do with it. But Right, right. But yeah, like most most of the black metal chicks have been pretty pretty chill with me. But like when I first started playing in bands, like girls would not even want to get to know me. Like they just fucking hated that I was like jamming with their boyfriend or that I was talking with their boyfriend about like guitars or something. They just fucking hated it. So, right. uh, but yeah, I'm really lucky right now. Like I, I feel like as I made 
friends who are like again in that same in this like little circle of like artists and stuff it's like okay like this chick is like an incredible artist so she's not jealous that I'm a guitar player right um well it's definitely being able to have uh, the confidence within yourself and your own capabilities you know what I mean even if you're not the same exact thing as somebody you should still know what you bring to the table and what your strengths are and but and like I'm 30 now so most of the people like around my age are at that point where like you know they have a career or they have a talent developed very highly or whatever so like I haven't really had any jealousy issues with with women that I'm like super aware of in the last like few years. But when I was younger, it was definitely more of a thing. Well, it's Um, definitely an immaturity thing, too, for sure. Actually, I didn't realize you were 30. I thought you were like, I don't know, mid 20s, maybe. But I get that, too. And I'm 30. (laughs) I also have this like bright light in my face to hide my wrinkles. (laughs) So do I, actually. I yeah, like, you're, you're I, started, I was like, oh shit, I gotta set up my lights. Yeah, it looks it looks really nice. <laughs> Thank you. I really love your background. I love your plants, especially. Uh, oh, I do not yeah. have a green thumb. I've always wanted to be like a plant bitch, I, and I just could not make it happen. I, I got I got a I got this app. It's called Planta, uh-huh. and it like saved my life, and it saved all of their lives too. <laughs> <laughs> so that teaches you how to take care of plants properly yeah and it like sends you notifications it's like okay like it took a long time to set up but uh once I set it up it because like you have to upload all the plants and find out all the species and but then like it tells you when they need to get misted when they need to get watered for the most part like it's right most of the time and it even tells you it has like a light meter so it can tell you like okay this plant likes partial sun is that what the environment is and then you like point your cell phone at the light and it's like actually this is considered dark so you should probably move your plant and it's like oh my god it like took me like it took me like a whole day to set this up and I couldn't put it down. I was like obsessed with it. Like, cause so I was like running around your house with like a hundred plants. Like, I think <laughs> I would like, be hey, too. this one's gotta go here and then this one's gotta go there. And like, it just, it was so aggravating to set up. But now that it's like, I know they're all like in their good spot. Damn, that is so cool. What a time to be alive. Like that, could, li- that could literally teach you how to grow food. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I, I used awesome. early finish and stuff too. Yeah, so I'm worse with this with this indoor planting though. Like, well, yeah, I, that's exceptionally challenging because it's not out in the fucking sunlight and it's not in its element and it's original. Fucking yeah, uh, YouTube <laughs> helped a lot too. Like YouTube. I love YouTube, man. YouTube. You got a question about fucking anything, and it's on YouTube. And, and some of those guys just like they're just pumping out pure like positive energy like a lot of those plant guys too it's like I am the most hippie dude you've ever seen from Ireland and I'm gonna teach you everything about how to grow a potato yes god don't you love people like that like dude I wish I could be that really fucking positive person full of like love and light you know what I mean but also I feel like the love and light thing can definitely be a toxic uh way of living as well like you you can't just pretend that that shit doesn't exist you know what I mean oh, like, 100%. yeah 100 like a lot of um I think a lot of anguish and a lot of um like at least personally speaking like a lot of my problems when I was younger especially were sourced from I don't want to fucking think about it and I'm just going to pretend that didn't happen and I'm going to move on with my life and you think that you're moving on with your life you think that it's down there but it comes out so even just in relationships, like one thing that I've noticed now that I've been more self-aware and doing my work, if I, 
you know, if something minor happens, cause I discount my own emotions too. So it's like, if my partner does something that upsets me, I will like, just swallow it. Like I'll just pretend whatever, just to, I'm just being dramatic, blah, blah, blah. But I notice like that it will not go away. Like I will be mean to him or I will, you know, explode after a little while. It doesn't ever go or I'll, I'll eat my feelings. I'll like just start pegging out or like, cause I don't smoke really anymore. I don't. <laughs> so it's like, what do I do? I eat. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I'll, I'll act out. Like it, it doesn't yeah, just go. Okay. If I talk about it and I might cry and I might be like, whatever, I'm just being true. You know, like, I don't want to say anything, but I'm just going to say it. And it's like, it's never the big, like, uh issue that you think it's you're building up in your head because like for me I have this deep-seated belief that it's like if I ask for what I need I'll get rejected or like I'll put too much pressure on a person or if I'm honest with myself that's like gonna get me rejected and it's just not true like I don't know where like I can't remember the exact point in my life that I got that fucking idea ayahuasca and it'll show you it'll show you all the things you forget some childhood shit right so yeah but it's like it's not true of my relationship now if I just say what I want usually it's like a five minute discussion oh I'm sorry I didn't mean to do that or oh shit I'll you know next time that's not gonna happen or whatever and life goes on and then a lot of it is uh is becoming self-aware and then communicating about it you know what I mean that's what people a lot of people don't want to acknowledge that they're wrong that they make mistakes that hey they might they don't want to admit that they lied about something like yeah just fucking be true to yourself and and look at yourself and be like yeah I did this I fucked up you know what let me let me just take accountability here and uh communicate to this person about it shame is a powerful emotion Oh yeah. Oh God. I've lived with shame all my fucking life. Actually, after, after this episode, I'm going to talk about my bullshit because this is my fucking show and I haven't done that yet. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. It's very brave for sure. I, I don't know if it's brave. Now, nah, fuck it. Yeah, it's brave. Yeah, sure. Just accept it. <laughs> Sometimes I learn how to take a compliment too, because like yeah. that's another thing. With, like, right. It's like, oh, no one could compliment me, like little old me. It's like, yes, people can be jealous of you. People can like, you know, want, you know, people can. I don't know. That's another weird thing with like hating yourself. <laughs> Like deep well, down, then, yeah. Yourself. I mean, you can't take a compliment. You can't like see your own greatness. So of course you're trying to hide your mistakes. Of course you can't own your shit because you're like, I'm already this like little pathetic creature. Like, how could I possibly admit that I stole? Because right. then that makes me even more a little pathetic creature. But if you like accept yourself as like a whole beautiful being, then it's not so bad if you did something wrong. Well, it's all perspective. You don't have to see yourself as a pathetic creature creature you can see yourself as a beautiful being and that just makes mistakes you know what I mean Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but yeah that takes that takes work yeah it does take work and I think it's I honestly really think it's an age thing like honestly like I can look back at myself when I was younger and I was like damn I was bad shit crazy no wonder that shit didn't work out you know what I mean (laughs) and back in the day I'm like oh my god why isn't this working out and it's like, because you, you were not ready. You were not ready to share your life with a fucking person. You know what I mean? Like there's been so much fucking shit that I've been through that I've 
haven't that I've just buried under a bridge that I haven't dealt with and that shit manifested itself when I was a teenager when I was in my early 20s and now that I'm like in my 30s I'm like fuck this shit I'm like so ready to like work all of this out and maybe maybe this is a, a way of working it out too is doing the show you know what I mean well for sure like you get to hear like a lot of different people's perspectives and struggles and stuff and yeah yeah for sure and again just uh, like a lot of it is just airing it out and hearing yourself say it and oh yeah that's it's uh it's an exorcism it really is yeah really is yeah like you're yeah it's like it's like an exorcism or like you know just bacteria dying in exposure to oxygen and light right i like that yeah yeah, I really appreciate you coming on and like sharing your experiences with me. I'm glad that you're like passionate about a lot of the same things that I'm also passionate yeah, about. Yeah, no, this is a really cool discussion. Yeah, if I ever go to Canada, we should hang out. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. If we can ever go anywhere. Yeah, um, man. <laughs> so I, I really try not to touch on it because it's like it's everywhere. You're so sick of hearing about it. You're living with yeah. it every day. But what has your experience with the whole COVID been like? Well, since I caught it uh yeah it was horrible uh I was extremely fucking sick like my boyfriend was also extremely sick mm-hmm. he recovered in two three weeks I am still coughing and so and you got like, it in I, November right and that's January so it's been fucking yeah. two months um so and I'm you know I'm 30 I'm not obese I don't have diabetes like you know I sh- I should be okay but for some reason, like, it's just really fucked with my lungs, right? Have you um, been able to sing and scream or anything? Uh, I honestly, like, well, I was a voice instructor, too, but I can't really teach anyways because uh, I I refuse to go to people's houses <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. Uh, yeah, I refuse. So, uh it definitely, like, messed with my ability to exercise. Like, I... I'm trying to get my, uh, strength back up, but like there was points where, um, like I would be doing something very basic, like cooking or washing dishes. And I would have to sit down cause like I was getting dizzy and like, that's just how bad it was for my lungs. Um, it was shitty. Yeah. It was really horrible. Again, like I'm lucky I was in Canada. I did spend one night in the hospital, but it did not uh, ruin me financially. So I'm very happy about that. Um, but I, you know, I had, I had this, uh, I'm not going to name names, but he's an occult writer um, who I had some respect for. And he put, made a post that was saying like, Oh, it's a mass psychogenic illness. And I was like, well, I don't know if psychogenic illness would, put me in the hospital and he's like he seemed like he didn't even believe me or that he like he's just like well my 87 87 year old mother or grandmother or whatever like caught it and she was fine in two days I'm like well I'm glad for her like I am happy for her I'm happy that she's not dead but like it doesn't mean that it's not serious for a lot of people right and and especially like an occult writer like you should be smarter than this like you should be more empathetic than this but he was basically mocking me and there's a number of people like in his thread that were mocking me and I was like like whatever go fuck yourselves like you know 
it's pathetic. I feel like it's a response to fear. Like they can't accept that it's like a scary thing. So they're like, oh, it's just a hoax. Oh, it's just whatever. Cause then it's not real. And then I don't have to worry about it. Oh, like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but that's just my assumption is that they have a Why little, punch people in the face that think that way. That's so fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and like uh, I thought, like oh, you know, I know you. You know, I'm not a crisis actor. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> won't this change your mind that someone like you know that's younger? No, of course it wouldn't, right? So, um, so whatever. I I I'm so sick of talking to people like that. Really, like yeah. I can't imagine what it'd be like to be a. Uh, you know, I hear all these horror stories from like nurses and stuff and they're talking about like people screaming at them that it's a hoax like as they're like intubating them and stuff like, you know, it's it's fucking madness. Like I don't understand how a disease becomes political. It's like, well, I guess AIDS, you know, I, I guess I've there's been periods yeah. where diseases have become political. So whatever. But like it's a fucking virus. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's, it's a real thing, people. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, I don't know how much of a jackass do you have like, to be to, to say it's not, you know? <laughs> I where I mean, I can understand questioning its origin, but to yeah, say that it's not a real fucking thing is just retarded. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, like, I'm glad so you're okay. It's just it's crazy how it affects people differently because um, mm -hmm. I I haven't caught it luckily, but my family did, and like everybody was fine. You know, my my mom my mom had it the worst for like two weeks, and then my sister kicked it in like four days. Uh, and my family's very like health conscious. They they eat organic. Well, yeah, I'm also oh, very yeah. health conscious too. Yeah, right? so that de that definitely. You know, but also it could be your genetics. Like, why the hell you should be totally not yeah, and, now? And, and like, why my, you grandma, still have my grandma has lung problems too. That right? would make sense, also, right? Yeah, I also read something about like uh, histamine responses too. And like I mentioned, I do have allergies, so there might right. be something with my immune system yeah. and my lungs or whatever. It's very complicated, right? Um, but yeah, different people definitely do catch it differently. Like my boyfriend was sicker than I was, mm -hmm. but he got better faster. So, and he never had like the long persistent cough or whatever. Like he, when he was better, he was better, but. Right. Yeah, That's interesting. Very, yeah. Very different. It's just fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy how like some people are totally fine and some people just get kicked in the ass by it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I've kind of been wondering on which end of the spectrum I'll be in. You know what I mean? I think I'd be somewhere in the middle. I think I'd be, out. huh? I hope you don't have to find out. Yeah, me too. Hey, universe, I don't wanna. So yeah, it's not. I don't wanna find out. <laughs> <laughs> so I will it to be so, and this is my reality. Anyway. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it would be better for you for you if you caught it, because then you'd like with me. It's like, oh, Maybe I did change someone's mind. Oh, like maybe <laughs> it did have a good influence in the world. Who knows, right? Maybe oh, me God. catching it made sure that like someone else didn't. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I definitely try to be precautious. I have to wear. I've I've still worked through this whole thing. You know what I mean. So I've still been. I wear my mask every day and. I, it's funny because life for me hasn't changed that much and I'm already antisocial anyway. So 
when people were like going crazy over socially distancing, I was like, I do this all the time. What is yeah, it honestly like yeah. didn't really go with me until quite a bit later. And then it's yeah. like yeah, then then once it was like, okay, after like six months, like I kind of miss doing a couple things a year. Yeah. <laughs> I miss being able to go to a bar before 10 o'clock. Yeah. I miss being able to go to a fucking show. Will we ever, will we ever pregame again? <laughs> I thought that. I thought that exact thought the other day. I was like, fuck, I really miss just hanging out in a parking lot and getting drunk with a homie before we go to a show. Is that ever going to happen again? Like, and I'm then sure I will have a joke about, I can't wait to go to a show again and like stand in the back with my arms crossed. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. That's all of us in Los Angeles. Yeah, it'll happen. <laughs> I certainly hope so. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. I have really, really enjoyed talking to you. This was yeah. we covered all the things, all the things. Um, yeah. Is there any plugs that you wanna that you wanna throw in here? Uh, plugs. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, music for your art, your blog, anything. Guitarwitch.ca. That's my main jam. Uh, Guitarwitch on pretty much everything. Uh, yeah. Facebook, Instagram. Do you Facebook. do you have like a um a page for your free band? Uh you can find links to stuff on guitarwitch.ca. Like there's a Sorgonasia Facebook, there's Sorgonasia Bandcamp, Spotify, all that stuff. We do have a full length that's coming out uh as soon as I can send the art off. Uh we had a lot of trouble with art and we finally settled on one of my pieces it's a it was a blood piece so it did not scan very well and oh, I so i've been learning photoshop to finish it <laughs> finally so uh should be out within like two or three months hopefully once i can send me a picture of that actually yeah, i've been, I've been wanting yeah, to do I'll another blood painting also so that's fucking cool that you have done the same um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. If you made it all the way through, I know it's a long form podcast, but I feel like people enjoy it when people have longer in depth discussions, you know what I mean? Versus like uh, 20 minutes or something like that. So thank you so much for your time, Catherine. It's thank been you. an absolute pleasure talking to you. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Bye. Bye.